Hey there, spooky kids. Welcome to another episode of Where the Monsters Are. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lou. And tonight, it's my turn to share another story with you. So we all love a good ghost story, don't we? I know I do. And the ghost story I'm going to share with you tonight has come to be known as the most famous Japanese ghost story of all time. But just before we get into that, can I ask you to give us a like and a follow, and leave a review if you could too. It would be greatly appreciated to help spread the word. Now, in Japan, ghost stories are very popular. In fact, in the summer, they have the Oban, or Ban as it's also known, festival, where they celebrate the souls of the dead, and they believe they return to the world to visit their relatives. They light paper lanterns and hang them to guide the spirits and perform dances called Bon Adore to welcome them. The Kabuki theatres also show plays based on old folk stories and ghost stories which bring me to tonight's story, which actually first became known as a Kabuki play and it's the play's version of the story that mine is taken from. The tale of a Wiwa is said to be based on a real event that happened in the 17th century and the Kabuki play was written in 1825 by Suyura Namboku IV. Its original title was Takedo Yotsuya Kaiden, which means ghost story of Yotsuya in Takedo. The details of the original story have been altered many times over the years from what the original play was but the basic story has always remained the same and I'm going to stay as close as I can to the play as far as the main characters go to honour the original story. The story has a main plot which is the story of Awiwa and Diamon, and there is also a subplot about Awiwa's sister. The story I'm going to tell tonight is based on the main plot. So to set the scene let's first head back to Japan to the start of the 12th century a time when samurai warriors rose to power. Now samurais were said to be a superstitious group and often used spells to help them in battle. They also believed in the supernatural and they used to play a game called the Hoyakamona Gatari Kaiden. In this game, they would make a circle of 100 candles, then sit around them and one by one tell ghost stories, generally personal to the person telling the story or village they were from. And every time someone told a story, a candle would be blown out. The game was supposed to evoke spiritual energy, and with each candle they would summon more, transforming the room into a beacon for the dead. So basically the game was believed to have been created as a test of courage for the samurai, to see how many of them were brave enough to stay until the end, when the very last candle was blown out, leaving them in total darkness, where they would wait until a ghostly figure or something terrifying would supposedly appear to them. Well, I'm not about to tell you 100 tales tonight, but if you're feeling brave, why not turn out all the lights, light a single candle, and then sit back and listen to Yotsuya Kaiden, the tale of Awiwa. The story is about a husband and wife, Awiwa and Tamiya Iaimon. Awiwa was a beautiful young woman, and Iaimon was a ronin, which in Japanese means drifter or warrior a samurai without a master. But things were not what they seemed and Iaimon was only really with Awiwa for her good looks and potential fortune rather than for love and theirs was not a happy marriage. To be fair, Iaimon was a bit of a loser. He was a thief and had nothing really going for him and eventually Awiwa just had enough. 
She'd had enough of him and decided to leave him and return to her family home. Awiwa's father, Yotsuya Salmon, never liked her husband. He felt he was not good enough for her and she could do much better. He wanted them to separate and he would basically belittle and embarrass Iaimon every chance he got. Now after Awiwa left him, Iaimon followed her, but he was intercepted by Salmon who knew all about his misdemeanours and what he'd been up to and how he'd been treating his daughter, and he demanded that Iaimon divorce her. This, of course, escalated into a heated row until Iaimon, who finally had had enough, flew into a rage, pulled out his sword and murdered his father-in-law. Iaimon then went to Awiwa and misled her into believing that her father had been robbed and murdered by a stranger, and he vowed that he would find her father's killer and avenge his death if Awiwa reconciled with him. So she did, and Awiwa returned to her husband, but times were hard, and they began to struggle with money. It wasn't the life Iaimon had planned for himself, and eventually he became more and more resentful of his wife. Now the house next to where they lived was the home of Oito Kihai, who was a rich doctor, and he had a granddaughter named Oume, and Oume was infatuated with Iaimon. From the first moment she laid eyes on him, she'd been attracted to him, but she felt that Awiwa was much prettier than her, and didn't think that Iaimon would even look at her twice, let alone fall in love with her. Her grandfather knew this. He knew she was in love with Iaimon and wanted to marry him, and Ito loved his granddaughter very much, and he would have literally done anything for her to make her happy. So he conspired with Oume, to help her find a way to get Awiwa out of the way so that Iaimon would fall in love with her. The plan they came up with was to send Awiwa a face cream. I'm not sure whether this was just a gift or what, but anyway, it wasn't really just a face cream, it was laced with a topical poison. Now some stories I came across claim that Awiwa and Iaimon had a son, and Awiwa had become sickly and unwell after his birth, so the doctor had sent the poison disguised as a cream to help with that, but I'm not sure why a face cream would help with sickness after giving birth. The other version of the play gave no mention of her having a child, and as that's the version I'm basing this on, I haven't included that part in my story. Anyway, Awiwa, unknowing of the doctor's plan, applied the face cream, and it instantly disfigured her, scarring her skin and causing one of her eyes to droop. As soon as Iaimon saw her face, he was repulsed by her appearance, couldn't even stand to look at her or even be around her, and he decided that it was the final straw. So I'm guessing by then, the only thing he was staying with her for was because she was easy on the eye, and once that was gone, there was nothing left. So he left her, and this is the moment that Aume decided to make her move. She seduced him, and they started to have an affair. And it is at this time that Iaimon decided he wanted a divorce, and quickly. So he came up with a plan to get one of his friends, Takutse, to rape Awiwa, so he could then claim infidelity as a reason to divorce her. So his friend agreed and went to the house, but when he saw Awiwa, he was so horrified and couldn't bring himself to go through with it. Whether he felt sorry for her, I'm not sure, but he fetched a mirror and showed Awiwa her reflection, and upon seeing herself, she was so overcome with sorrow, she began to frantically comb her hair over her face to cover her disfigurement. But instead of it covering her face, her hair began to fall out in clumps. 
Takutsu then tells Owiwa about Iaimon's plan, and Owiwa became hysterical. She picked up a sword and ran to the door, but Takutsu tried to grab her, and attempting to escape his grasp, she accidentally punctured her own throat with the tip of the sword. As she lay bleeding to death in front of Takutsu, through the gurgles of blood in her throat, she cursed Iaimon's name. Soon after Owiwa's death, and after not having to wait for a divorce, Iaimon and Oume got married. But on their wedding night, Owiwe visited Iaimon as an Onri. Now I will tell you more about these later, but basically an Onri is a ghost that is scorned and seeking revenge. So when Iaimon sees her, he grabs his sword and begins to lash out at her in a kind of blind rage. I'm also guessing he was probably scared upon seeing his dead wife. But when he comes out of the vision he is in, he is met with the sight of his new bride lying dead in a pool of blood, murdered by his own hand. Everywhere he looked, he then saw Awiwa. He saw her in the lanterns and attacked those again with his sword to find he kills Oume's grandfather. The madness continued until he eventually killed all of the remaining members of Oume's family. Unable to tell the difference between hallucinations and reality, he was constantly haunted by Owiwa. He eventually fled to the mountains where he hid away in an empty cabin, but Owiwa followed him there too, her disfigured face haunting his dreams, her voice crying out for vengeance, being all that he heard, he slowly descended into madness. There seems to be a few endings to this story. The main one I found from the play was that he was murdered at the cabin by Owiwa's brother-in-law, Another was that he threw himself from the cliff of the mountain to his death, or that Awiwa had actually pushed him herself. Whichever ending you choose to believe, they are all tragic and there's no good outcome or happy ending for anyone in this story. And on that note, my friends, that's the story of Awiwa and Iaimon. So here's just a little bit more information about the story. It has been adapted into film many times over the years, the first ever film was made back in 1912 and it's taken many different forms too in its interpretations. There have also been television shows and even an anime show retelling of it too. Another thing about Awiwa's story is that it is believed to be cursed. The real Awiwa passed away on the 22nd of February in 1636 and it's believed that her Henri still haunts the places she lived and there have been many attempts to please her angry spirit. A shrine and temple were built in dedication to her in the ruins of her family home in Yotsuya, but a fire destroyed it in 1879, so it was moved and again destroyed in World War II bombings. So after the war, it was rebuilt again in the original location in Yotsuya, and there is also a gravestone in Sugamo in Tokyo, which is believed to be Awiwa's actual grave. After numerous film, television and theatre productions suffered mysterious deaths and disasters, people were led to believe she also haunted anyone who performed her story. Blaming the incidents on Awiwa's curse, it became customary for directors, actors and crews that wanted to produce a version of Yotsuya Kaiden to pay a visit to Awiwa's grave beforehand to pay their respects and ask for her blessing. So is the shrine really haunted? 
According to some, Awiwa Shrine is considered to be one of the most haunted places in Tokyo and it is actually included in ghost walk tours. Some even believe that if you visit her grave out of curiosity and do not pay your respects, your right eye will become swollen and droop like hers. But the majority of Japanese do not actually believe it is and the shrine is always busy with a line of people waiting to pray to Inari. At the shrine, Inari is a deity in Japan and looks like a fox. It's usually found both at Buddhist and Shinto shrines. So I guess it depends on how superstitious you are as to whether you believe in ghosts and whether you believe that it is haunted. And if you do, maybe don't go there at night. So let's talk about Onri. While Onri in Japanese means vengeful spirit or wrathful spirit, it refers to a ghost or yuri, which means ghost in Japanese, that is generally a woman who returns to the world of the living to address the wrongs that have been done to her in life. They are supposed to be able to harm or kill the living and even can cause natural disasters. Their origin is believed to be traced back to the 8th century and was based on the idea that powerful and enraged souls of the dead could influence harm and kill the living. Traditionally, Onri and Yuri have no particular appearance, but at the rise of the popularity of Kabuki in the Edo period, a specific costume was developed of a white burial kimono, a white face and long black unkempt hair. Anyone familiar with Japanese horror movies will have seen this image used countless times, most memorably in movies like Ring and Juwan or The Grudge. In the characters of Sadako and Kayako, who were women that were wrongly treated in life and returned as Onri to be reborn to cause death and destruction to the living. Incidentally, both of these movies have had scenes in them that pay homage to Awiwa. Sadaka is seen at the end with long cascading hair and a drooping deformed eye and in Juan, where Hitomi is watching television the presenter morphs into a woman with one small eye and one large eye. Okay, so that's the story of Awiwa. I hope you all enjoyed it, well as far as you can enjoy such a sad story as this. Whether it's real or not, it is fascinating, but it's a tragic tale of betrayal, murder and then revenge, a tale that is part of Japan's history and that is still being retold to this day. I hope my retelling did it some justice. I am a big fan of Japanese ghost stories. So for me, when we decided to start this podcast, it was always going to be one of the stories I would cover. Any thoughts, Lou? On... Um, yeah, I've thought of a, a few things. You mentioned Sadako and the ring mm-hmm. and the combing of the hair. So yeah. I'm guessing they brought that in with the bit in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it was her mother, wasn't it? that was doing it but she was like combing is that when they go to that island with yeah. the horses yeah yeah so, so i'm guessing that was connected to her as well yeah mm. i would say that yeah i mean it's all tied into this story in a way they do like i say pay homage yeah. to the original story but that character seems to be that's where it evolved from do you think the people that did the ring and the grudge would have had to go to her shrine or, I, I or because know. it's not specifically because, about her yeah because they're not actually retelling her story mm. i mean i don't know they may have done mm, that'd be quite interesting if if they did have to do that because I, I didn't realize there was a story that started it because yeah. obviously i've seen the grudge and the ring and 
they're all the same in the white outfit and the long hair. I didn't realise there was something that actually started that. That's where it's supposedly all originated from, yeah? I mean, if I was making a film that had any kind of reference <laughs> to a wee wat, I think I'd be heading down to the shrine just to cover my bases. Why exactly? You don't want to become part of the curse, do you? Definitely not. I don't <laughs> want my eye to droop. No. <laughs> Is the ghost always a woman? Are there any male ghosts? Um, I'm- Do you know? I guess there probably is. I can look into doing other ghosts, especially Japanese, because I am really interested in that Japanese ghost stories. Mm. Just I'll pick this one because this is probably one of the most famous Japanese ghost stories. There's actually two. There's another one that's pretty similar, which is also, you know, a similar story about a scorned woman. Yeah, because it always seems to be a woman. I'm trying to remember. I've seen quite a few Japanese horror films and I can't really remember like a male ghost. It is generally, I think. Maybe it goes back to those times as well, whereas it would be the woman, I guess, that may feel more scorned by how the males treated them back in those days. I'd be interested to hear some of your other stories about like, Japanese ghosts. Yeah. And that. Oh, yeah. I mean, and if anyone else would like to hear any more, they can let us know. Definitely. I'd be happy to do that. You mentioned there's another story about Awiwa's sister. Yeah, the, well, there's another part of the story because she was uh, a prostitute, her sister, okay. and and her husband ran the brothel where she worked. And there was another guy who he was infatuated with her, so he would go to the brothel and he wasn't a very well-off man, so he couldn't afford to pay to be with her. Okay. And, he were, and apparently one time he didn't actually pay his bill and so... Her husband and the guy he co-owned it with, they ridiculed him and, you know, and chucked him out on the street, basically made him look stupid. Hmm. And he was so ha- angry that he went back and to kill her husband and he killed the wrong guy. He killed the other guy by mistake. Oh. But she believed that her husband had been killed and she ended up getting married to him, basically. But it turned out later on that he was her brother. I'm assuming she must have known because she was always trying to push him away. She didn't want to consummate the marriage. Mm. And in the end, she did kill herself. And she left him a note. And when he found out that he was really her brother, I can't remember if he actually killed himself. I'm not 100% sure. But then, you know, I did say one of the endings was where um, his brother-in-law went to the cabin and killed him. Yeah. That was because of that, because he basically blamed a weaver. Not a wee Iamon, because no. another part of the story was after this guy had killed her sister's husband, he mm-hmm. met up with Iamon, sorry, and they plotted because oh. he knew that he'd killed her dad and Iamon oh. knew that he'd killed her husband. So they plotted together to get their own way so he would get his wife back and he could get her sister to marry him okay. so it was all like a plot between them so and then the brother-in-law blamed Eamon and that's why he killed him in that version of the story okay so was that in the play as well there's two parts if you actually read the play it, it's quite confusing because mm. they have like scenes so oh. and it's kind of separated which is why I based it on the main characters because going off on a tangent mm. on all the other things that are going on in the play would be quite confusing. So yeah. my story was meant to be just based on a we were and the aim on. Yeah. Sounds interesting. I would like to hear some more about some other ghosts. So if you okay. want to cover some of them, that'd well, be good. Yeah, I can do that. 
Excellent. Right then, spooky kids, that's it for this one. Please, as always, let us know if you what you thought about the episode and also if there's anything you want us to cover in the future. Thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe and follow us on whatever platforms you listen on. And we'd again appreciate a review. And remember, we release new episodes every Sunday. So until next time, sweet dreams. Oh, and if any of you brave souls out there did light a candle, I dare you, blow it out right now. Bye. Bye.